like you, maker of heaven, Lord of the land, and Lord of the sea, holy and true, faithful and able, Lord of all time and eternity. that God speaks is alive and full of power to inform and transform, to make us what He desires us to be. The entrance of His Word will give you light. Truth produces roots and then the roots will produce fruits. God bless you. This message comes to you from Eternity Ministries Nigeria with a God-given vision of helping people live with eternity in view and maximizing Calvary. The ministry desires to equip you to maximize your journey through life by preaching and teaching of the whole counsel of God, God's living word, we believe you will be edified. For further inquiries, contact Eternity Ministries, P.O. Box 2637, Bauchi, Nigeria, or telephone 0807 570 or 0802 361 or send us an email at E-T-E-R-N-I-T-Y-M-I-N at yahoo.com that is eternitymean at yahoo.com Don't forget, the bigger God gets in your eyes, the tinier your mountains Hallelujah. Last night, we began to see, like I said, we are very conscious of the time. In the next 15-20 minutes, we are closed for today. I just needed for us to tie all that God has said to us yesterday and today together before we leave. In the name of Jesus Christ. Last night we began to see that if God is going to use us to advance the kingdom of God, there are several things that we will need to note. One of the things that we need to note is the priority of the kingdom. Nothing, a king cannot come second. The king cannot come second. It is an abomination. You don't keep a king waiting. You don't put him on the list. If there were 20 people waiting in your office and the president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria arrives, you cannot say to His Excellency, good Lord Ebele Jonathan, that he should wait, that you are busy in your office, you, have, you are attending to people. You cannot do that. You are not insulting the man now, you are insulting the state. You don't keep a king waiting because the king must have priority. And one of the things the Spirit of God is reinforcing in the hearts of believers is the necessity for believers to have a master that has priority. You see, God is not concerned about what people seek. He is concerned about what they seek first. God is not concerned about what you seek. He is concerned about what you seek first. The reason is because what you seek first is what automatically determines the direction and the dimension of everything else about your life. If 
God is going to raise men and women that will advance the kingdom. The kingdom will once again, the king and his kingdom will once again have to take priority over every other area of our lives, including our very lives. The king takes priority even over the lives of the citizens. You remember when we read about Saul, King Saul? The Bible says when uh, those children of Israel, they came and asked for a king, God said to Samuel, they have not rejected you. I'm the one that they have rejected. So go ahead and give them a king. But before you give them a king, what should you do? Can we turn to 1 Samuel chapter 8 very quickly? 1 Samuel chapter 8. Let's read in that scripture. The king must have people in whose life he is supreme. He takes absolute priority. 1 Samuel chapter 8. So when they requested for the king, God told Samuel that they were rejecting him just as they had rejected he himself, God, even before that point in time. And so you read from verse from verse 9. He said, Now therefore hearken now therefore hearken unto their voice. Excuse me. Now therefore hearken unto their voice. Thank you. Okay. He said, but however, however, while you are listening, they are asking for king. They are asking for a king. So listen to them. Do what they are asking you to do. But there is something you need to do for them. Because if you don't do that, you be cheating them. And they will not know what they are getting into. They will think that king and judge mean the same thing. But they will be surprised to find out that that is not what it means. So God said, do as they ask. But that's in First Samuel chapter 8 and verse 9. He said, do as they ask, but solemnly warn them about the way a king will reign over them. Solemnly warn them. Tell them about how kings rule. In fact, the living Bible says, do as they ask, but warn them about what it will be like to have a king. One version said, tell them the policies of the king that is going to rule over them. Advise them. Tell them the way kings behave. So that they can check whether they really, 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 really want a king. They can count the cost. So, look at what Samuel now did. Samuel began to talk to them from verse, from verse 10. I want you to look at verse 10 of First Samuel chapter 8. And Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people that ask of him a king. And he said, this will be the manner of the king that will reign over you. These are, this is his, these are his protocols. This is how that king is going to behave. Look at what he said. He said, he will take your sons and appoint them for himself. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself. For his chariots. I want you to note the word his, 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 his in this whole story. Appoint them for himself, for his chariots to be his horsemen and some shall run before his chariots and he will appoint him. He's appointing for himself. Some to be captains over thousands, 
captains over fifties, and he will set them to ear his ground, and to reap his harvest, and to make his instruments of war, an instrument of his chariots. And he will take your daughters, he will take your daughters to be confectionaries, cooks, bakers, and to be bakers, cooks, confectionaries. He will take your fields and your vineyards and your olive yards, even the best of them, and he will give them to his servants. He will take the tent of your seed and of your vineyards and give to his officers and to his servants. And he will take your men servants and your maid servants and the goodliest, the best of your young men, your asses, your, your donkeys, your cattle. He will put them to his work. He will take the tents of your sheep and you will be his servants. And you shall cry out in that day because of your king which you should have, you will have chosen over you and the Lord will not hear you. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel and they said, no, we want to be, we want to have a king over us so that we will be like all the nations so that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And Samuel heard all the words of the people and he rehearsed them in the ears of the Lord and the Lord said to Samuel, hearken unto their voice and make them a king. And Samuel said unto the men of Israel, everybody go back to your city. Brothers and sisters, I want you to see what's going on in this scripture. These people asked for a king. And God said to Samuel, you can't give somebody a king without telling the person the protocols of how kings operate. They have never had a king up to this point. All they had were judges. And these judges, people like Samuel, Samuel couldn't take, I hope you remember when, when later Samuel said, eh, which of you can accuse me that I took anything from you? Have I coveted your houses or your lands or anything? Or you testify against me? You remember Samuel did something like that? Because judges didn't have that kind of authority. He couldn't take what he wanted from the people. But Samuel told them, he said, you are asking for king. When the king comes, he's going to take priority over everything. Nothing can compete with his interest. Then he began to talk to them. After he finished talking to them, you know what the Bible says? They now responded. This thing was an altar call. They responded and said, Amen. We agree. We agree. We want a king. Yes, no matter what he does. Yes, we agree. We agree. We will have a king. We want to be like other nations. And then when they finished answering, God said, Okay, give them a king. They can go to their house. Now, watch this. In chapter 9, verse 1, you know what the Bible says? He says, The donkeys of Kish disappeared. They got lost. You see, that thing was an arrangement. Notice that donkey didn't start, start getting lost until we have settled the matter that these people really want a king. So the arrangement of the donkeys getting lost was to bring the candidate for royalty to the place of appointment. But that process could not start until the people had established the priority of the king. And I want you to see what they said. Because I found that if we are going to advance the kingdom, there has to be an overwhelming consciousness of the priority of the king and his kingdom over our lives. The priority of the king. He said, he will take your sons. He will take your daughters. You know in that scripture you read, take, take, he will take, he will take, he will take. He will take your sons, he will take your daughters, he will take your land, he will take your men servants, and they will serve his own purpose. 
your sons will run in front of his chariot. Can you imagine somebody coming to collect Chukubirite from me? Then the man puts him in front of his own chariot. I hope you know that chariots are drawn by horses. I hope you are getting that. So as the horses are running, boom, boom, my son Chubi has to be in front of those horses. Running ahead of the man. Where is this king? Where is his own son? His own son is in the palace. But he will take my son and put him in front of chariot. My daughters, he said, he will take your daughters and convert them to cooks. Can you imagine somebody taking your daughters from you and making them cooks and bakers? Your daughters that you are planning to go and do their masters in England. <laughs> he will take your men servants, your this, he will take, he will take. He will take your cattle. He will take. You will not complain when he is taking anything because he must come first. You say you want to be like other nations. If Nebuchadnezzar had an agenda in Babylon, can anything else come before that? It's, it's unthinkable. It's unthinkable. The priority of the king was established. Only after the king takes absolute priority, only then can he be anything to the people? Only then can he fight their battles. Only then can he defend them. Only then can he protect them. Only then can he be a judge to settle cases for them. Because he has priority. Even over the lives of these individuals. I remember three, three mighty men were with David. And David sat somewhere. He said, ah, who will give me water to drink from the well that is in Bethlehem? He didn't send them home. He just voiced a wish. And these three mighty men, they looked at each other and they say it's time to go. There's a desire in the heart of our king. We cannot be alive and our king wants something. No matter how deadly or dangerous that thing is. And we will not do something to get it. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. You know what they were saying? We, we cannot be here when our king wants something. And we are too timid of preserving our own lives that we will not pay the price to get it. If we die where we are getting this water from the well of Bethlehem, there is no better place to die where we are, than where we are fulfilling the desire of our king. That's how they went. You know the story. They broke through the camp of the Philistines. Can you imagine fetching water? It's not firewood. It's not firewood. It's water. They fetched it. Three men against a battalion. I, can, I don't know how they organized that thing. Maybe one person distracted the Philistines and as they were pursuing that one, one person came and was watching the other and said, oh boy, get the water, get the water. And was getting the water. When he got the water, he made the signal and they made the signal and all of them, they met somewhere and here they are carrying water and they brought this water to David. You wanted water from the well of Bethlehem. Look at it here. David said, what? I didn't send you. They said, you don't have to send us, your majesty. When you have a wish, our lives should be laid down to accomplish the desire in your heart. That is a kingdom. That's how Christians ought to live. Why should David have men like that and Jesus doesn't have them? Why should people be willing to lay down their lives for, for, for David to do whatever it takes to satisfy their king and then believers are minding our business? For some Christians, even to get their money to give to church and to give to the gospel, it's a problem. 10% tight. Somebody has to, why should church be preaching 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, 10% 
And people that are Christians cannot give 10% of their money to the gospel. And they are in the church. They are members of the body of Christ. How can Christians like that, how can God use people that cannot give 10% of their money to advance the kingdom? This is crazy. Even the 10%, Jesus never asked for 10%. Show me a verse in the Bible where Jesus told disciples to bring 10%. That 10% is Pharisee level, level religion. Is the, the level of the Pharisees. Jesus said, except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not get into the kingdom. Jesus said, if you are going to be my disciple, I am not asking for 10%. If you don't lay down all that you have and all that you are, you cannot be my disciple. That's what Jesus said. How come Christians, all of us are pursuing our own agendas? Everybody is minding his business. Everybody is, is doing something for himself and explaining it away. And the body of Christ has, has no money to do the gospel. Church is looking for people to send as missionaries. What kind of Christianity is this? Is there no king in Zion? Don't we have a king? At the point, God was so insulted. God was so grieved with what people were bringing to him. You know what God said? He said, give it to your governor and see if he will be impressed with you. Friends, servants of God, elders in the house, I want to suggest to us that we cannot advance the kingdom with 10%. The people of the other kingdom, they are advancing their own kingdom. Is it 10% they are using? The priority of the king demands that you know what Jesus said? He said, which of you will have a servant here? And your servant is coming from the field. And then when the servant arrives, you say, hey, oh boy, you are back from the farm. Oh yeah, come and sit down, come and eat. He said, is that what you do? He said, no. So what do you do? He said, uh, are you back? Go and remove that dress and prepare my food. Who has the priority? He's the master. So what does the master do? He didn't go to farm, oh. <laughs> you didn't go to farm. You are the master. The guy that went to farm. You didn't, you didn't even help him to drop the firewood he was carrying on his head. So go drop that thing. Go, go and change that dress and go and get my food. And then when I've eaten, then you can eat. Then Jesus said, does he even thank him? Does he thank him for doing what he was commanded? He said, no. Then Jesus said, so likewise you. So likewise you. I am master. You see, Jesus is our savior. He loves us. But brothers and sisters, should that make him worthy of less respect? Uh -uh. The fact that he's kind to us, does it mean we should take him for granted? We should postpone his own plans and be pursuing our own. One time in the land of Israel, God said, God, you see, I believe in my heart, brothers and sisters, that unless a priority for the glory of God comes back in our hearts, a priority for the will of God to be done at our own expense. You know many times people are claiming rights. People are claiming rights. Look at what he did. Look at what she did. Look at what happened. All of these things that we are claiming, the right that is important is the right of the king. What does the king want? What did the king say? 
Where is the king going? What is he doing? What is he saying? Where is he sending? What, is, what are his plans? What is his agenda? As we seek first, I believe that if we wake up thinking kingdom, we are praying kingdom. In our prayers, we are seeking it first. In our finances, we are seeking it first. As we people, we are seeking it first. In our discussions, we are seeking it first. We have no interest other than the interest of our master. We have no agenda other than the agenda of our master. We use the standard to measure everything. Brothers and sisters, kingdom citizens are fanatical people. They love their king. They are committed to their king. If the grace of God helps us, brothers and sisters, and God finds afresh in our spirit, space, where the first thing is not our convenience, the first thing is not our pleasure, the first thing is not our opinion, the first thing is not even our safety, and God is going to keep us safe, I believe, but the first consideration is not our convenience. When the first consideration becomes our king, and he is priority. He takes priority over everything else. Over our lives. Over our time. Over our agendas. And we wake up every day saying, you are my king. What will you have me do? God spoke to us through our brother earlier in the day. Take. He said, when Paul came down from that high horse or from that high level and landed on the ground, when he saw the master, the Lord Jesus Christ, this man that has his own agenda, he said to Jesus, Lord, what will you have me to do? That was the question that Brother Paul asked. And then Jesus, from that moment, the life of self-will, his own agenda, that life disappeared. And something else took over. This thing will become applicable to every area of our lives. If we have a quarrel with somebody, we will be asking, Lord, what will you have me to do? Look at what this man has done to me, but what do you want me to do? Then the master says, I know what he did, but I want you to forgive him. He said, that's what my king said. Yes, sir. That's the end of the matter. It's what the king said. It's what the king said. We are not going to argue with what the king said. We can't keep him waiting. We can't keep him. We can't deny our king. He has right over us. He can take our certificates. You know, he said, he will take, he will take, he will take. We said to Jesus, you can take whatever you like from my life and use it for your glory. Hallelujah. Take the certificate. Take the money in the bank account. Take my time. Take my talents. Take my, take my reputation. Take everything. I am glad to have you as my king. As he takes priority, as he becomes number one matter, the next thing that is going to happen is that his agenda will become our priority. And that agenda is the advancement of his kingdom. The advancement of his rule and of his reign in the hearts of his people. And as that happens, servants of God, brothers and sisters, the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. May heaven depend upon us. People that advance this kingdom the king, I read one passage of scripture. I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe my eyes, but the thing is in the Bible. Bible said in Isaiah chapter 20, Isaiah 20, he said, in the year that Tartan of Sagon invaded, you know what happened? He said, God spoke to Isaiah. And God said, Isaiah, say yes, sir. He said, remove all your clothes and walk around town naked. And the Bible says Isaiah did it. And for three years, Isaiah was walking around 
the country and around the town naked and barefoot. What kind of obedience is this? What kind of costly obedience is this? When we see the king as having priority, the next impact of it will be dangerous obedience. I said dangerous obedience. Costly obedience. Obedience that is radical. Obedience that will make people to look at you and say, are you crazy in the head? Is there something wrong with you? This your Christianity is driving you mad. Are you the only person in that church? You see, many of us, we are using the average member to gauge our temperature. And then we, we congratulate ourselves and say, well, <laughs> you know, I'm not doing badly. You know. <laughs> uh, dog gave 5,000. Me, I gave 4,002. <laughs> we are trying. No. No. There is an obedience that is going to come when we place our king where he belongs. Supreme. High above all. Far exalted above our plans, our purposes, our desires, our thoughts, or our own needs. Does it mean that our needs will not be met? They will be met. They will be met. They will be met. You know how they will be met? They will be met in the pleasure of our king. He will open his hands. He will satisfy our every need. And even when he does that, we still bring it and lay it at his feet. And say, Lord, all for Jesus. All for my king. Always and only for my king. I want to suggest to us, brothers and sisters, by the word of God, that let's begin to cultivate a fresh priority. Whatever station we are in life, whether we are HODs in a department, whether we are businessmen, the priority is not profit. The priority in that office is not promotion. It's our king. The priority in that place is not acceptance. It is our king. We don't need to be afraid of what will happen because if we take a stand, certainly there will be opposition. Because don't do bad the servant of God. He brought the message in the morning. He said we are going to need the power of the Holy Ghost because there will be opposition as we advance the kingdom. But as that opposition comes, we will be partakers of the suffering according to the power of God. Our king will be there to back us up. So when something that is contrary to our king comes up, we are not looking at how much money are we going to make from this deal. We are not looking at, okay, so what is in it for me? We are looking at what is in it for our king. When this mindset settles in our spirit and we begin to take steps of dangerous and deliberate obedience, I believe that this kingdom will advance. Because anywhere you see something that is moving forward, somebody is moving it forward. Every house is built by somebody. Anything that is advancing, you need force or power to advance it or to move it forward. And I believe that that is going to come as the power of God rests on his children, his people who are available to the king, who are surrendered, who see the king as supreme, who see him as worthy. You know our king is not just his own uh, priority is not arbitrary. He is the real priority. Way beyond any king of the earth. And when we see him like that, as we lift our hands to worship him, when we are serving him, we are doing our best. We are giving the best we can. Because we know it is for the king. And when we are bringing sacrifice, when we are bringing an offering, we are bringing the best. We are bringing the best. God, there will be so much resources in the body of Christ that the dark places will be rich with the gospel. Because the resources that are needed to preach the gospel, they are in the body of Christ. But they are being spent 
on personal agendas. When the priority of the king is returned and restored in the hearts of believers, finance will be released. Men and women will be released to go as missionaries, to train as teachers, as pastors, feeding the flock of God. Oh, some of them are going to stand in the marketplace serving God in different places, in different walks of life. Serving God as doctors, as lawyers, as lecturers, as professors. But they will not be doing it for themselves because he died that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who for our sakes died and was raised up again. When this becomes the mantra, the mantra, the mantra, when this becomes the chant of our hearts, when this becomes our summary for being alive, brothers and sisters, the world will see people that are on fire. And they will not be able to place us. They say, which kind of people are these? Ah, let me say something before I close. There was this report. You know when Haman went to Zexis, Ahasuerus, and he reported the Jews to him. Do you know what Haman said? Haman said to the king, he said, there are some people in your kingdom. They are too dangerous. What's the problem? He said to him, they do not regard your laws. You are not number one in their heart. So, if anything you say clashes with something else that they believe, they will respect you. And it is not for your profit that those kind of people should still be alive. Sign the paper here. Let me go and clear them from the place. <laughs> that was what Haman told the king. See, there's a people in your kingdom, but they have another king. Hallelujah. And their ways are different. Their priorities are different. You are not number one in their hearts because somebody has taken over inside their spirit. When the world sees a church that is on fire for the glory of our king, brothers and sisters, the purpose of God will move forward. Have you noticed that the kingdom has never been advanced by lukewarm people? No. It will take fire to connect with fire. It is fire that begets fire. May the fire of the kingdom of God transfer from your heart into another heart. Hallelujah! I said may fire for this kingdom. May something in your own spirit ignite other spirits for the glory of our king. Servants of God, rise up on your feet. Let's pray. Let's make a commitment tonight as we close. Just lift up your hands and make a commitment. Talk to the king. Say to him, I'm available. I am dying. You are my king. Let's worship. Proclaim his priority over your heart. The priority of the king. Proclaim his priority over your life. Announce him Lord of all. Come on, servants of God, brothers and sisters. Proclaim him supreme. Above everything else. Alpha and Omega, first and last. Say, Lord, take whatever you want to take. Take whatever you want to take. Have your way in me. Be glorified in me. Take my life and let it be consecrated Lord today. Take my moments and take my days. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray for two minutes. Father, ignite a fire for the kingdom of God in our spirits. Your fire will ignite another fire. God will use you to advance the kingdom. Something will happen through you.
you will make profit for our king. Hallelujah. I said you are going to make profit. God is going to use you. The hand of God is upon you. God is going to use you to advance his kingdom. Get ready. There is a, a fresh anointing coming on your life. Power will rest on you. Fire will burn inside your heart. You will lose interest in everything else except the kingdom. Except the kingdom of our God and of his Christ. Ask God for passion for this kingdom. Ask that the fire of this kingdom will consume every other fire. Say to God, I don't want to live for anything else. Always and only for my king. Have your way in me. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, raise up men and women here tonight. Father, raise up men and women here tonight. Lay your hand on these brothers and sisters, my father. Light a fire. Father, light a fire in every heart here. Father, light a passion for the kingdom of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, light a fire. Ignite something in every heart here. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm asking, oh God, put us the party and in Rita. Little, 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 cause. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, find men and women here tonight that you will use to advance your kingdom, to advance your purpose, oh God, to the uttermost ends of the earth. Hallelujah.